Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. church I want to start by giving God all the praise all the glory for giving me this opportunity to stand before you one more time Uh, for those of you who do not know I come from Uganda and today Uganda celebrates 60 years of independence Yeah, we are very grateful to God for that. But on that note, I also want to thank PGC for the support that you give to bringing Hope Orphanage in Uganda through Embrace Uganda. I think we all remember that in May of this year, Mama Billy came and stood right here and called upon the church to donate clothes, feeding bottles, and toys to this orphanage. And PGC responded in a very big way. Those gifts were received with a very huge smile. And if you go to the Embrace Uganda website, you can see how excited the mothers of those children and the children were when they got those gifts. I'm reminded of the scripture that is in uh, Matthew 25, 35. For when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you gave me clothes. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came and visited me. When we show love to those who are in need, we love God. PGC, thank you for loving the people of Uganda. May God bless you so much. In that regard, I'll also thank the pastor for her leadership. Uh, None of this would have been possible without her leadership. And I'd also like to thank her for giving me the opportunity to stand here. Yeah, it's not easy, 
because you have to get used to listening to a Ugandan accent right now for the next couple of minutes. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Joseph. <laughs> Why don't we pray and dive into God's word? God and gracious Father, here I am. May you use me. I pray that you speak through me, and I pray that your word will encourage and edify someone who's listening to me today. I pray that your Holy Spirit will fill this place as I speak. In the name of Jesus, I do believe and pray. Amen. Amen. So the topic for my sermon today is that we are struck down, but not destroyed. I have been struck down so many times in my life. And I believe if I began to share my story with you right now, we might not have enough time. But God has been faithful. That is all that I can say. I grew up from an orphanage. And then, after losing my parents, which was one of the most hard things in my life, I ended up living with an aunt who was abusive. And then as I lived with him, I was asking my God, where are you in this circumstance? Where are you? I had a good Samaritan who always wanted to help me, but when I tried to go and live with him, my aunt could find a way of bringing me back to her place. So it was a very tough time for me. I prayed to God. The house that we used to live in with my aunt was not a very good house. It was standing on three walls that were made out of mud. And my prayer, which was not a very good prayer, was to bring one of the walls down so that I could leave that place. But somehow God heard my prayers and I was able to leave that place. When I left that place, I ended up living with a good Samaritan. And from this good Samaritan, the church that I was living with, that the church that I used to go to, took me to an orphanage. And when I was there, at least I had the opportunities to go to school and then go to college and then get a job to support my family. In my family, it is me who has started this far. And all I can say is God has been faithful. Today, that was not part of my sermon, but I was led by the Spirit to share about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so today I'm going to be sharing from a very familiar story, and that's the story of Joseph. Joseph was a son of Jacob, and Jacob loved Joseph so much. The Bible says he loved him more than any of other sons. I don't know if you ever grew up with a favorite child, or you grew up as a favorite child yourself. But that was the kind of situation that was going on in Jacob's house. Because Jacob loved Joseph so much, he made him a very expensive robe. And when the brothers saw it, they did not like it. Now at about this time, Joseph begins to have dreams. 
And in one of those dreams that he had, they are out in the field making bundles of corn. And all of a sudden, his bundle stood up and all these other bundles came around his and bowed to it. He gets another dream where the sun, the stars, and the moon all bow to him. So when he shares these dreams with his brothers, I don't know if this was a good idea, <laughs> but he did. The brothers get the message. They understand what these dreams mean. And the Bible says they hated him even the more. Now, because of this hate, we see Joseph being sold into slavery in Egypt. When he goes into Egypt, he ends up in Potiphar's house, where he was serving as a slave. But something to note here, that while he was in this house, God was still with him. The wife of the master goes on to falsely accuse him of rape. And Joseph is thrown into prison. But even in prison, God was still with him. What does this remind us? That as we go through the hard times, God is always there with us. God never promised us that we are not going to go through trouble. But he says that when you go through the fire, I'll be right there with you. So Joseph, when he's in prison, God allows him to meet the king's cupbearer. When he meets the cupbearer, he helps him to interpret the dream. And then he tells him that when you go out and all is well with you, I want you to remember me and mention my name to the king. But when this cupbearer left, he forgot about Joseph for two years. For two years. Have you ever been in need and someone forgot about you? Have you ever done an interview and wait for a response but in vain? That is what Joseph was going through at this time. The cupbearer forgot about him for two years. But like Joseph, we are struck down multiple times. When you look at what is going on in the world today, people are hard-pressed on every side. Think about the war in Ukraine and what people are going through in that country. They are going through a very tough time. The northern part of my country, Uganda, is battling a famine right now. I was Googling as I was making this sermon, and over 900 people have, been die have died because of hunger. We are living in very tough times. In the US right now, there is a looming fear of a recession, and every CEO is worried. If you are working I know you've heard this in your all hands, that people are downsizing, people are cost-cutting, 
And what this means is that they are laying off people. Some of their employees are given 30 or 60 days to either find another job or go work somewhere else. It is a tough time. But David says in Psalms 11 verses 3, that when the foundations are broken, what shall the righteous do? Are the foundations of your finances being shaken? Are the foundations of your health broken? Are the foundations of your job being shaken? I mean, I think we've all received an email from our CFO, Reverend Marlon, that the church failed to meet the financial target. Are the foundations of your finances broken? What shall the righteous do? I'm going to share with you some of the few things that we need to do when we go through rough times. One of the things is to keep the faith. When we are hard-pressed on every side, sometimes our faith becomes fragile. But it is in such situations when we need our faith the most. As I was preparing this, I was reminded of the story of Job. The Bible describes him as a man who was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. God blessed him with a very large family. He had a lot of land and kept thousands of animals. In other words, he was a very wealthy man. Now, Job went from having it all to losing it all in a very short period of time. His health was gone, all his wealth was gone, and he lost his children too. Who? Imagine if your job. His friends turned against him and accused him. His wife asked him to cast God and die. Job was hard-pressed on every side, but his faith was steady fast. The greatest asset that Job had during his trials was his faith. Everything was lost, but his faith was not gone. So why is faith so important? Faith leads us to prayer. And prayer is a way that we pour out our sorrows to God. Prayer is a way that we pour out our pain, our brokenness to God. When you look, about, when you look at Hannah and what she went through, she was constantly reminded that she was not enough. She was provoked. She was mocked because she could not have children. But she prayed to God. She went to God in prayer. And she prayed in such a way that even the priest thought that she was drunk. When she asked him that, Hannah, have you been drinking? This is what Hannah told the priest. I'm a woman who's deeply troubled. I'm just pouring out my soul to God. Prayer connects us to God. And when we pray, God listens. We see that God answers Hannah's prayers and he gives her a child named Samuel. Which Samuel goes on to anoint King David. And in David's lineage, we see the savior of the world, Jesus Christ. 
So will you find time to pray amidst your storms? I know sometimes praying is hard when you're going through a hard time. But you have friends who pray for you. Who is in your prayer circle? The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And when we pray, our God listens. The next thing I'll talk about is faith leads us to praise. We've all seen how Deacon Gina has been praising this morning. That is faith. Job 1.21 says that naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Job praised God when everything was gone. Something to think about here. Can you praise God when all you have left is God? So I want to encourage you about praise. That when we praise God, miracles happen. I'm reminded of Paul and Cyrus when they are in prison. They praise the name of the living God. And we all know what happened. The prison doors were, were opened and the chains were broken. When we praise God, God changes our circumstances and situations. When King Jehoshaphat praised God, his enemies were confused and they began attacking each other. So we need to praise God when we go through hard times. Now for anyone who's going through that, a rough patch right now, I would encourage you not to lose your faith. Job 14.6 tells us that there is hope for a tree that has been cut down. It will sprout again and its shoots will not fail. I don't know what in your life has been cut down, but the encouragement I have for you is that it will sprout again if you have faith. And the Bible says even if you have faith just as small as a mustard seed, it will move your mountain. Next thing I'll talk about is listening to God. God speaks during tough times. Sometimes he asks us to do things that we don't like, but do we obey? Uh, in the pandemic, I happened to read about a story of a woman called Aisha Champs. Her story went viral, you may have heard about it. Aisha Champs is a single mother of five children. She lost her husband of two children to cancer. She lost her job and lost all her belongings in a house fire. She was hard pressed on every side. And at one point, she tried to take her own life. She wanted to give up because she was feeling so hopeless. Now her pastor reached out to her one day and told her that the Lord had sent me to tell you to go back and get your GED. She struggled with that message because she thought it was not possible for her to do school with five children. Her pastor told her that obedience is better than sacrifice. Aisha Champs listened and obeyed. She went back, got her GED, then went to a community college to get her associates, 
and then went to college to get her bachelor's degree in law. She now works in Houston, Texas as an assistant county attorney. Jesus tells us in Luke 11, 28, that blessed are those who obey the word of God. What is God asking you to do as you go through these difficult times? Think about it. Is he asking you to change your prayer life? Is it to go back to school and pursue your dreams? Is it to join a ministry? What is God asking you as you go through this tough time? Sometimes it's going to be out of your comfort zone. When pastor asked me to preach today, it was out of my comfort zone. <laughs> but I had to listen and obey because I know that God will bless someone from what I'm speaking today. So, <clears throat> you have to trust God, even when it is out of your comfort zone. I mean, he tells us in his word to trust in him with all our hearts, and he will direct our path. You might feel like you're not equipped for what he's asking you to do, but you need to trust him. He'll bring the right people in your way for you to reach where he needs you to be. Uh, the last portion here I'll talk about is waiting on God. Sometimes we cannot be who God wants us to be without the waiting season. We cannot be who God wants us to be without the waiting season. So there is always a purpose in waiting. Our waiting season is always a part of God's process to prepare us for his great plans. When we read about the story of Joseph, we see that he waited on God for 13 years. But God was using that time to prepare him for his future. I believe that when he was in the Potiphar's house, he was learning something about leadership in Egypt. When he was in prison, he met the king's cupbearer who later introduced him to the king. All that he was going through was preparing him for what God had called him to do. I mean, sometimes when we are going through those rough patches, we don't see it. We just feel like God has left us all by ourselves. But I'm telling you that he is preparing us. When I look at my life and what I've been through, it was a tough time. It's not a life I would wish on anyone else. But when I look back, I see the purpose of why God had to take me that path. I'm using my story today to raise funds to support children in Uganda. God had a purpose for my path. Sometimes you don't see it when you're in it, but when you come out of it, you see the purpose of it. So God is not surprised whatsoever by what we are going through. He is using our waiting season to prepare us for his great plans. So I want you to be encouraged that your waiting is not 
in vain. Another point we need to take note here is that what we do in our waiting season will determine the outcome of our lives. Joseph could have chosen to sleep with Potiphar's wife and the outcome would have been different. But he chose to remain faithful to God. Another person who waited was David. He waited 15 years to become the king of Israel. And as he was running away from his father-in-law, I don't know if you've ever ran away from your in-laws, but as David was running away from his in-law like a hunted wild animal, God gave him multiple chances, multiple opportunities to kill Saul, but he never did. He waited on God. What we do in our waiting season will determine the outcomes of our lives. So what are you doing in your waiting season? Are you leaning on God's promises? Are you leaning on God's word? Or you're taking issues in your own hands? Isaiah 60:22 tells us that when the time is right, God himself will make it happen. So wait on him. The final reason that I'll talk about here under waiting is we should wait on God because he waited on us. Think about how long he waited for you before you said yes to his call. Think about how long he was knocking on the door of your heart. Even after accepting, you went back to your old mess and he still waited for you to come back. If God can wait for us, we need to wait on him. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or would like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or 
other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.